it is two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. If you're joining us live on a Friday afternoon and it's time for another kick-ass career conversation, I'm Kim. I'm Louise. And today we're joined by Michelle Price. Michelle, we're going to learn more about you in just a little bit, but we want to start this week like we start every week. Friends, what are we celebrating this week? Louise, do you want to kick us off? I, I sure do. Uh, I We talk about celebrations all the time here, and I do it all the time with my clients too. And so it's this reinforcing habit, right, that we're creating to take time to look back, at least back a week, right? What are What's gone well? Um, this last week, I've actually been reflecting back on all 2023, um, right? As we kind of approach the holiday season, I feel like this is a nice time to get into all the juicy bits um, and see what worked, what didn't work. Um, and I'm today actually celebrating the things that didn't work in 2023. I think I spend a lot of time celebrating the things that do. We talk about it all the time here. Um, and as a recovering perfectionist, I am leaning way in to celebrating the things that I learned um, that didn't work. I'm not going to use the F word um, because that's hard for the me. other F word. Yeah. The other F word. <laughs> well, just pick F words that insert here. Um, but yeah, there, there have been things that, um, that didn't work as expected. Uh, and that's, that's a, not just okay. That's, that's really good. That's good that I tried. It's good that I took the time to reflect back that I know that I am not going to repeat those same actions. I'm not even going to say mistakes because they weren't really. Um, so, so I'm leaning into that. Um, and being a little uncomfortable, yet also pretty proud of myself of all the things that tried and didn't work out. Now <laughs> I want to use the other F word. <laughs> Michelle, what are you celebrating with us today? Oh, now one of the things that I love to do is experiment. And so I started an experiment in August doing a LinkedIn audio series around women leading the collaboration revolution. And it was really fascinating to watch how women showed up, when they showed up, what they talked about when they showed up. And then at the end of it, everyone was kind of like, where do we go next? And I'm like, well, you guys have already given me points of data where we're going to go next. We're going to talk about what are the questions we use to ask and how do we use those questions to help us make better decisions in 2024. So I'm celebrating that all of those women showed up in a way to propel their outcomes and results, but also that they were willing to be vulnerable and talk about things from a really genuine heart space because it's helped me to put together what we're going to do in 2024. Mm, love that. And I was there for a couple of those and they were some juicy conversations. I, I enjoyed them. Thank you for putting that in, out into the world. So um, for me, I am celebrating, I'm celebrating youth. <laughs> My glorious youth for sure, but I am celebrating 
my daughter's youth and her ability to surprise me at every turn. Um, in two circumstances recently, I've been asking her very specific questions that, um, that I expected a 13, almost 14 year old to answer in a certain way. And she took it to this very deep philosophical, like clearly I'm her mom kind of answer. <laughs> and, and so it was fun and I still had to get to that little nugget. So that youth place of experimenting that we were talking about, that place of freedom to just like reach out and try something on for a little while. Um, it, it helps me continue to do that. And so I'm really celebrating that, that aspect of youth. And also kiddo's been sick for a few days. And, um, and the reason why I intend, I'm, I was sitting here going, what do I really want to share today? I can hear her. She is sick, but her favorite thing to do is to sing and dance. Now it's hard for her to sing right now. And she does have a voice recital that we're hoping she can get to on Sunday. Um, if she's well enough, I, you know, fingers totally crossed, but I can hear her dancing in there. And I know that she is just like, I've been trapped in this room for days because she's, you know, when, when you're a kiddo in this day and age, you grow up, you get sick. You're like, no, I remove myself from the community. Like, that's what I do to keep everybody safe. And so she's been in her room and she's like, I'm going to dance. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to let sickness get me down. And so for those two reasons, I'm really celebrating youth right now and the fact that I get to be in that energy with her. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Keeps me young, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Suck up the energy and keep those little germy germs there with her. They're on that side of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Michelle, we're going to give people a little tiny little tiny peek at who you are right now um, so that they know who's joining us at the table today. So Michelle is a leadership advisor and communication strategist that works with business owners and CEOs to calibrate and anchor, I love that word anchor, their emotional rhythm to grow their businesses. The end. <laughs> yeah, that's who you are today. I know Louise has a question for you. Well, Right. And so Michelle and I, we have never met, uh, which is often what happens here on the podcast. And so in my research of like, who is this Michelle person and what what's going on? Looking at your LinkedIn profile, I am like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through your job experiences, through your work experiences, through what you've done in 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 this small little space, because I'm sure that's not every job you've done. These are this this is a lot of stuff going on, um, and and you said a, a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, oh, has that always been for you? Is that what you imagined when you were young? It was like starting my own business, doing my own thing, working for nobody but me. Was that where that came from? Was your childhood? I did not have entrepreneurship modeled for me growing up. Um, both my parents, while they were untraditional in a lot of philosophical, social type of ways, they were very traditional in the work environment. I mean, my mother 
was valedictorian in high school, did not get the chance to go to college until I was a teenager. But when she did, then she graduated top of her business class at the University of Houston. So it's like that woman knew how to be valedictorian no matter where she walked. Um, both my parents went in, were in basically the accounting industry. My mother became a CPA. She worked, I mean, this is, this is aging when she went into the workforce. But when she got out of college, she went straight into an audit role with a big eight firm. And as someone who was, who was able to do that in her 50s, when aging is even worse than it is now, I was impressed. Um, my father, traditional, traditional accounting role, you know, finally grew into a CFO, but I did not see entrepreneurship modeled from my parents. It wasn't until I started reflecting, especially during that 10 year arc where I had a global business radio show and I was interviewing a lot of really um, brilliant brains on a weekly basis that some of them actually started asking me questions back that I asked them that I started reflecting, where did this streak come from? Because I didn't recognize all of my skills and talents and even inclination to be an entrepreneur. I didn't recognize it growing up. It had to be pointed out to me by a few mentors and guidance. Um, I remember, uh, you know, talking back in the 70s. So like one of my first temp jobs was at, um, oh darn, what is that called? Um, they were uh, the guys who always do like stock exchange kind of stuff. So that particular office in Houston, I was just an admin assistant. But I was there for a week and this awesome man that I worked for had the kind of mindset that you just expressed, Kim, about appreciating youth. And so he was always looking at who he was working with and assessing, you know, and paying attention to where their strengths were. And he kind of fed some things back to me and made some suggestions for me to go read and discover about myself and in just lovingly nudged me, even though you can't usually call men in that industry lovingly. Um, so he was an anomaly. <laughs> lovingly nudged me to start exploring things outside of traditional roles. He, 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 he saw my entrepreneurial type of thinking. It, it's just pervasive in everything that I do. <laughs> and so that self-reflection gave me the opportunity to start going, huh. Maybe I'm not built to be in a traditional role. And if that's the case, what options are available to me? What am I going to do with them? How might they show up? I've been a question asker since I was a wee little girl. It turns out um, one, one, of the, one of the New York Times bestselling authors that I interviewed on my radio show, who was one of the first to flip a question back around on me and asked me, well, Michelle, tell us, where did you get this skill and talent to be such a great interviewer? Where, what was the earliest time it showed up for you? And in hearing that question, what happened was I had a memory immediately surface. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, it was when I was, when I can't put my finger on the exact age. I look at pictures and I guesstimate. I was between four and five years old. And when I got to visit and meet my great grandmother on my dad's side for the very first time. And it was like, it wasn't a traditional family reunion, but enough of the extended, his extended family had gotten together where I got a chance to meet all my great aunts and uncles. You see, my dad was an only child. The, the, the arc of numer numbers of aunts and uncles were on the great level. They didn't come down to our level. And, um, as a little girl, they'd be sitting there and kind of like their little semicircle of chairs talking to one another. And instead of being outside with all my cousins who were my age, I was inside sitting there going, tell me about the time when, well, what did you do? How did you learn that? Oh, and my great grandmother, she just sat there with her eyes sparkling going, this one, you better watch. Mm -hmm. I love that you, that's beautiful story. And I love that you're able to kind of pull these threads of wisdom, not only being a questioner, but then having the questions asked of you. Um, one of the things that you said in there is that you weren't built for traditional roles. And from, from the bits and bobs that I've gotten to know you, I feel like that's, it goes beyond traditional roles. It's like not built for tradition. Like you're finding new tradition that's bringing forward, as you're just talking about talking with your great grandmother, like you're bringing forward the stories and the knowledge and the wisdom in a new way, um, much like what you were doing with, with the audio program on LinkedIn. How do you tap into that uh, wisdom, right? We're talking about this wisdom within today. How do you tap into that wisdom that you're getting both from externally, but even more so internally? Because I have been blessed to be on a very strong spiritual journey since I was a little girl. Um, so I'm going to be your weird friend. I'm the person who had her first out-of-body experience at seven. I was, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, Dustin can be it. It's not really how I want to identify it. I was chosen by ancestors to be the medicine woman of the family. And they have actively shown up for me since I was born. And so when you have the ability to have that deep a connection to ancestors and have that be a very vibrant part of your spiritual journey throughout life period, it allows you to show up really differently when you start figuring out who you are. So when I started seeing, oh, okay, I'm not meant to have a traditional role like I've seen modeled around me. Um, and I've never had a problem using questions to help me uncover or explore or discover where possibilities or opportunities are. One of the things I did is I actually started asking myself, okay, so I'm an entrepreneur. Well, that's not been modeled by my parents. Where has it been modeled and how has it shown up and what have I learned from it? 
And all of a sudden I was like, you silly goose, your grandfather was a farmer. You, you, you have literal attachments to the most basic form of entrepreneurship when you look at what a farmer's role is in the community. And so then I just started asking, who else in my family models being different outside of what we've accepted being traditional? And I just started having fun with it or doing, as you say, pulling on the threads. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, tell tell me a little bit when like when we talk about growth from within, like we often see like we can see growth, right? Like we see a, a seed go from a seedling to a tree. We can see growth sometimes in our careers by like the titles we have or the experience that we collect. Tell tell me a little bit more when we're talking about growth from within, like what's the what tell me that meaty bit. Often we've been conditioned to think of growth mainly coming from external environmental spaces. It's just how we've been almost, mm, this is going to sound a little strong, but we've, we've really been forced to think of growth as an external process, whether it's by how society has presented itself to us, whether it's by the language that we're conditionally conditioned from hearing, whether it's from family, whether it's from work environments, whether it's from friends, whether it's from colleagues. And when you've been blessed or lucky enough to have been on a lifelong spiritual journey and not had to wait till you get to a certain age to awaken to it, you recognize that anytime we want to affect change or grow, ourselves it starts from within it starts from what are we willing to ask ourselves how honest are we about who we are um, what's important to us what shows up from that because one of the things that i find oftentimes especially when exploring just simple questions with people most people have a huge discomfort being able to answer honest answer genuine questions in an honest way about themselves because we've been programmed to don't brag about yourself well you know good people don't talk about what they're doing (laughs) i mean it just it's there's a plethora that we could all probably sit down and if i said what are all the things that you've heard growing up that now all of a sudden you recognize are putting you back in your place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just take those phrases and start deconstructing. Where did I learn them? Who did I learn them from? Have they really served me? How or what could I do now to allow myself to release those things that aren't serving me? Um, how, how, How is that showing up in my own language now? Is that really what I want to sound like and who I want to be and the effect I want to have on people? 
And I find that there's there's three simple questions most people are not able to answer honestly because they're too concerned about how they're going to be judged from answering them. And that is, what makes you truly happy? How does that align with the work you do? And if not, why? And then where are you contributing to getting to know yourself? And what are you wanting to refine about that on a yearly basis? So what makes you happy? How does that align with who you want to be or the work you do? And where are you contributing to getting to know yourself? I find most people don't spend enough time being in relationship with themselves. And then they end up creating a world of chaos and drama around themselves and wonder, well, I'm out here working so hard. Why am I not getting what I want? We never hear that. <laughs> we hear that all the time. Yeah. It's, it is so interesting because I think for all three of us and for many of the guests that we have on the show, like we we steep ourselves in this, this idea of self-awareness. And I know we've had several conversations about that, that place of self-awareness. And yet it comes back to that so often is how are, how are people in the world generally, not, not us, <laughs> but generally um, connecting with that knowledge of self mm. and how deep, right? How deep and wide are they willing to go? Because it's and it's funny because I think there's this this um, notion that when we get into self awareness, it's it's um, it's like the vision of Freud, right? Sitting there and just taking notes, and it's it's analysis, it's it's right, it's psychotherapy in that way. And I'm not distant on therapy. Therapy is amazing, and I love it, and it has its place. And self awareness goes beyond therapy, right? Self awareness is actually being in relationship with self. That's at least how I would define it. I don't know what what comes up for the two of you around that idea of self awareness. Well, I just I love you both use the same word relationship, right? And we can work so hard building our external relationships. We know that they're that they need attention, they need time, right? We have feelings about them. We right, like there's all of these things that we put out there um, to, to craft and cultivate strong relationships. Yet we do none of that internally. And that is exactly what that is, right? Is a relationship to self. And, and it, I find it so interesting that, that we just, we miss that. We miss that it's a relationship and that it needs time. It needs attention. It needs, right? Uh, curiosity, it needs like all of those things that we would give our best friend, right? Um, we we don't see that as um, as as a an opportunity to get to know yourself, mm -hmm. um, and we skip right by it. So I see Michelle sitting with her right her her chin in her hand, just as as you were doing when when you were talking about being with your great grandma and her eyes sparkling. And what came to me was this idea of how often do we sit there with ourselves like that? Like with curiosity, asking ourselves those questions out of joyful curiosity. I do it every day. 
Well, yeah. But I know the average person does not. Right. So how do you influence that? Right. Because I, I think that that's probably part of what you do in the world when, when you were talking, when I read that bio, how do you do that for people in the world? What some people will see is I do it through my content. I do it through the conversations I have, whether they're public or private conversations. I do it internally. I do internal healing work on a daily basis. And I've also learned where from paying attention to the patterns that I see happen. So for example, um, my neurodivergent brain has such an ease of seeing patterns of conversation. So I'll log into Lincoln and I'll be reading posts, you know, liking things and helping to amplify colleagues, you know, that's just my, I, I am generous. That's, that's a core part of who I am. I even sign my emails like that generously, Michelle. And as I'm reading the conversations, my brain is literally scanning. What's the pattern of the conversation today? What questions are people asking? What emotions is the collective feeling? How are the individuals communicating how they're feeling under that collective umbrella? And where can I go in and have beneficial um, word, word, word influence? And I will literally do that. I will go on post. If people ask a question, I'll offer an answer. If people are looking from like a curious exploratory point and that's what their post is about, I'll offer a couple of questions I didn't see them ask. And now I've even forgotten the question you asked me because I started getting into that space where our, our spirit starts channeling the answer. And I was like, oh, my God, where was I going? <laughs> so I was just asking, how do how do you um, bring that joyful curiosity into the world for others to start um, holding on to themselves? I literally live it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Louise, it's the the minute that Michelle started talking about being a questioner, being somebody who loves questions. I was like, okay, here's <laughs> the entire conversation is gonna be one question after another. I'm curious for both of you because Louise is all about the question. She is like the questionering questioner that, and I am. I love questions. I love a well placed question. I'm not always a questioner though. Um, lots of curiosity. I'm, I am curious. See, I always lead with the, I am curious. I am curious about where, where do those questions come from? Like mm -hmm. if we're going to get under this idea of curiosity, um, and you were just talking about being right channeling in and, and the answer, I'm curious, where do we get those questions from? What do we know? How, how do we know? Somebody who's just wanted to get started here, how do you know what to even ask? Oh, I, 
almost have to be able to dial myself back decades to find that answer. Mm. Um, hmm. Ooh. One of the things I find really interesting. So for example, when people go on LinkedIn and they go, I don't know what to leave as a comment. I'm like, what contributes to the conversation? What do you know about yourself? What is one of your experiences that actually either reinforces what the person shared they learned or what is an opposite experience you had and how can you pose that in a way so it's not confrontational but it still allows everybody to learn. How can maybe you pose it as a question? My experience was this, but I'd like to learn more. What is what does the in-between, what you experience and what I experience, what could that look like? What are you doing to actually pull other people in to the conversation? So for example, I just had a memory surface of when I used to go to in-person networking. I'm, I don't still do that yet. And I learned a lot just by paying attention to how people position themselves in the physical space. Some people would make a circle. Some people would stand only two to three. Once it got to be three people, the fourth joined, that person would leave and go to another circle. What I noticed is people's body language told me a lot about who they were, what they thought of themselves, and what they thought of everybody else around them because some people were welcoming and others were not. And I paid attention to the people who were welcoming because I don't want to do business with the people who are not. They've already told me who they are, what's important to them, how they're going to function in that space. They've already told me they're not going to be generous. They've already told me it's all about them. Something as simple as do you leave a foot pointed outward when you're in a circle to let people know they're welcome? When someone walks by and they're looking for a place to jump into the conversation, do you extend your hand and go, come join us, we're talking about this, and he's just giving us this thought? Oh, Louise, do you want to respond to that one? <laughs> it's my, what was the, the, my manifesting generator, right? I just leaned way in there. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's really about, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes we get stuck in like when we're not a questioner is like, I don't know what question to ask, right? Like Michelle said, I don't know what comment to leave. I don't know. And it's like, well, I'm going to say that's not true um, because you do know. Um, but we get stuck in this this place is like, I, I, I just don't know. And and. I would like to to offer folks who get stuck and like, I don't know how to get started or I don't know how where to go or how to do this. And, and we're talking about right when here we are talking about growth within. We're talking about like, how do we start to be more self-aware so that we can grow into something that that is different from what we are now. Like there's a desire. If you don't have a desire, then you're not asking the questions, right? I'm talking about the people who who want to grow, who want to change, who recognize that there is something more for them. And, and when you're not curious, it gets really hard and you get stuck in, but I don't know. And all of it, all it is, I think, is changing that question to saying like, what do I know? And just starting there, it, it's it's not meant to be hard, 
right? Um, building relationships, making a new friend. I don't, I don't know about uh, you both, but making friends as adults, uh, hard, really hard. Um, making a, making a friend as a kid, easy peasy, right? Um, we were in the same classroom. We shared the same love hate relationship with a teacher. We like Pokemon cards, whatever it is. We have an instant. Wait, you had Pokemon when you were a kid. You're not that young. We just, I, <laughs> I was going to say marbles, but in my head, I went, I'm not that old. Amen to that too. <laughs> no, that's my dad's age. <laughs> we didn't have hoops either. But right, so so we have this instant bond and this instant connection. And so as adults, finding these places and spaces where we have bonds and connections is a place to start to explore. And if we think about the questions that we would ask someone as we get to know them, those are the same questions we ask ourselves as we get to know ourselves, right? What do you love? What makes you happy, right? Where do you spend your time? Uh, what would you like to see different in the world? Right. What makes you cry? What makes you laugh? Uh, right. What's the last TV show that you watch? But all of these things tell us a little bit more about ourselves. Um, and we start to build that relationship so that we can then start to ask the deeper questions. It is no different than trying to make a friend from right somebody you pass on the street. What do you want to know about them? What are you what are you what could you know about them? Um, but it's feeding that that little bit of curiosity. And I know we're not all naturally curious, right? Um, as 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 coaches, but definitely as a questioner, right? Curiosity is just it it just hangs out there like a low hum all the time around me. Um, but if we're not there, we can foster um, our own sense of curiosity by just pausing to say, well, if if I don't know, what do I know? What would I like to know? Um, what's even, what's a question I've never asked before? Um, and it can all just start the ball rolling. But that's what came to mind, Kim, like when you were talking, right? Was, was this like, how do we get into that space where we can actually like, cultivate our own growth um, and start to build our own self-awareness. And I'm going to go back to that, like building relationships, right? Building the network, mm -hmm. all of those things. So funny because while both of you were talking, I got all sort of spilky again, like kind of like the frog, but not as bad as the frog episode. If you, if you want to know about the frogs, go <laughs> three episodes ago. I had a visceral reaction, right? Like in, in as a sensitive soul, there are certain things that people talk about that I feel fully in my body. And so Michelle, as you started talking about walking into that room and and being in in-person networking. Now, in-person networking, I actually really enjoy now. It took me a long time to get to that space because where I started networking, I was a practicing attorney. I was a room with a whole bunch of people that I actually wasn't aligned with that energetically were leading in ways that so for me, it was, it was like the last thing I wanted to do. So I still do have that initial response when people talk about being in person, because I was that person who walked around the outside of the room and looked for an entrance and didn't ever find one. And so I think about those people who still struggle with the, like, where's the entrance when they're not seeing it? Cause it could be, I missed it. I, I won't own that. I might have missed it. Um, or it wasn't there. Um, and then Louise, you're talking about right asking these simple questions and building these relationships, and even just in like developing a friendship or, or an acquaintanceship. 
I was, am sometimes that person who I'm like, no, that's too much for me. That's really scary. But then I went to this place in my mind where what changed for me was the desire to make it change. Not the desire that I'm now going to these in-person things and I'm the life of the party and I'm the one starting the conversations or I'm the one that starts the the friendship or whatever. That might some still so, sometimes feel a little too scary for me. But the de- desire that changed is I didn't want it to feel uncomfortable. And that was just that was all I needed to sort of turn it a little bit where I could say, okay, if I don't want this to be uncomfortable, and this is important to me, right? There's the two parts of it. Like, what do I want the outcome to be? I want it to be less less uh, uncomfortable. And, and owning whether or not this is important to me. Is it important for me to go to networking uh, events? Is it important for me to create new friendships? If, if the answer is to no, then don't do it. Like start there. Just don't do it. Don't push yourself. But then the other part is what is that desired outcome? And the desired outcome wasn't that I was going to walk away with these lists of of people that I've met or these, you know, amazing new deep friendships. It was that I had a desire to be less uncomfortable in those situations. And that was when I took the step of saying, okay, what is one question I can ask? Go ahead, Michelle. I see I see those wheels turning. I'm sitting here going, if more people would become conscious of what is satisfying for themselves. So going back to the inner part, the inner journey of all this, if more people had a real clear answer about what they find satisfying and fulfilling, then everything that we're talking about does come easier. I'm just, I'm amazed how many times people are afraid to ask themselves the question. And I'm like, if you can't ask yourself the question, how are you going to ask anybody else a question? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. stop trying to ask other people questions. Start being willing to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. When you're standing there making breakfast, fixing your coffee, give yourself an experiment of asking yourself a new question every day. And it's focused on learning more about you. Yeah. And imagine yourself sitting like this doing it. <laughs> I mean, that's the joyful part of it, right? It's the, what do I not know? And that was the reality. I was coming from these horrible situations, like really toxic, scary, gross situations, just speaking about networking. Now, quite frankly, I love networking and I teach people how to do it. But it's, I I couldn't stand it because it, it felt so horrible. And it started with a question. Why does this feel bad? And you know what surfaced for me when I was listening to you talk about being an attorney and being in a room full of people you didn't feel alignment with? I had this memory surface of when I lived in Philadelphia. I was part of NABO, so the National Association of Women Business Owners. And one of the things that we as members of NABO had noticed about our corporate partnerships is that few corporate partnerships actually did business with the women in NABO, but always wanted women in NABO to do business with them. Mm-hmm. I was one of the few people that actually got a, 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 a law firm to hire me to go in and do some training with their people. And it came from attending one of our events. You know, they were like the, the event sponsor. So, you know, we were in, in their space and the willingness to 
one, I knew myself well. I paid attention to the pattern of conversation. And then the woman who headed up the corporate partnership for that law firm, she asked a question of, what can we do to help our attorneys be able to network better? I said, I, I was just giving really clear, frank answers and wasn't afraid of how it could sound or would be judged. And that level of confidence was received because what do attorneys do? They use questions to get what they need from people. And all they needed to learn how to do was to do it in a way that helped them build their book of business. Yep. They're already good at asking questions. Now you just need to show them how to use it with a different lens. Yeah. If only they actually taught us how to ask questions. That that was some of what they taught us. They taught us how to think differently is what they taught us. I just looked over the time and that 41 minutes has flown by so quickly. Um, I would love to know what are our golden nuggets? What are we taking away from this conversation? Where we're really talking about the, this growth from within, and we talked about it in a couple different ways. So I'm curious what we're taking away with us today. Yeah, I think my nugget, uh, Kim, is something you said, um, which is that gentle reminder of like, what is the outcome? Like, what's the purpose? Um, and not the, your capital P purpose. Um, you and I, we talk about this uh, a lot in our in our mini class series, but we'll, we'll get to that. But it's like, what's, the, what's that small thing? What's that one thing that you can do differently in this space? Um, Michelle, you even talked about it too. Like, what's that one little question that you can ask uh, yourself? But it's, it's about attaching kind of like, like, why, 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 why do anything differently? Um, right. What what are you really trying to do? And I and I really love that reminder of like, let's keep the outcome in mind, um, because that really does drive what it is we're trying to do and how we're going to show up and all those other great questions <laughs> that we have. <laughs> so thank you. Questions that fall off the back end of that. Yes. <laughs> Michelle, how about you? I think the takeaway that I'm going to focus on is reminding ourselves how are we willing to experiment with stackable wins to get to know who we are? It's a beautiful way to say that. Experiment with stackable wins. I love that. Yeah. Hmm. I felt that one. Mine is the joyful curiosity. Like just being that bright-eyed kiddo and just like, wow. And whatever it was that we had that about, whether it was about other humans, whether if it was about, I'm going to say frogs, but I don't mean frogs like we meant in the other. <laughs> <laughs> but like frogs and bugs and butterflies. And for me, right, it was, it was, um, it was a couple different things, but I remember one of the things was cooking, like being in the kitchen and watching people cook and thinking about what I could do with food was, it did, it lit me up. It was that joyful curiosity. Like, what does that do? Right? What is, what is that over there? Um, so yeah, having that opportunity to lean into that joyful and it just, it, it's that little kid joy. I love that. Ooh. And I started with youth today. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Patterns, Michelle, patterns. 
I love it. Michelle, where can people find you? Obviously on LinkedIn. Uh, and is that the best place for them? That's to really the best them? place to engage with me is on LinkedIn. And I was smart enough to make sure I got my name as my URL. So Beautiful. Uh, a gentle reminder for everybody who's used to seeing the American spelling for Michelle and in it's funny because teachers used to correct me when I was a little girl. And I remember going home going, mama, they keep telling me I'm spelling my name wrong. <laughs> you know, the little Aries girl and my, my mother, she, so she, she always had kind of a quiet way about her. I, I, I jokingly now call her the quiet, fierce feminist. She's like, daughter, just remind them. You tell them your mother said there was no way hell was ever going to be in her daughter's name. <laughs> so yeah, Michelle with one L price. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, thank you. And Louise, what do we have coming up and what, what's going on in our worlds? Oh, we have all kinds of things coming up, which you can check out on your kickasscareer.com. We have a series of mini classes that I alluded to before. Uh, please check those out. We are doing some fantastic things in these short little mini bursts of uh, time and energy that will help you make these big macro changes, right? Um, Michelle, it is about stacking, right? Um, and, and this is what our mini classes are all about. So join us December 21st uh, at 1.12 in the central time zone. All right, one Eastern, yeah, sorry. Join us for lunch. Um, and we're gonna talk about micro resting, but you can get all that information on your kickasscareer.com. We also have a fantastic, episode coming up next week, all about the art of pivoting with Christelle. Um, this is going to be a great conversation um, uh, with her. So uh, join us uh, all from uh, a complete all Canadian episode next week. Um, so uh, I like being an honorary Canadian. Hey, I say it all the time. My daughter laughs all the time because I've always finishing a sentence. Eh? And she, Where do you think you're from? And I'm like, well, I'm honorary Canadian. So I'm going to right? Um, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, um, I think that's, that's about it. Yeah, I now. think so for now, for now, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. This has been just a wonderful conversation. Um, I love that you brought your non-traditional self, um, into the, into our world to, so that we can share it out into the greater world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. Great meeting you, Michelle. This won't be the last time we talk with you. Aww. All right, All right everyone. everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>